Hey, it's Dan here. If you want to hear this episode of the Backchat Podcast without ads and get extra content that no one else gets, head to backchatstudios.com.au where you can sign up as a patron and access all of our bloody good merch. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's right, Skeeter. I did survive the Bucks party on Thursday. <laughs> I did make it in. I am wearing shoes, and we are here for the Shelter Footycast live from Backchat Studios. Skeet, how are you? How was your weekend? Uh, terrific, Scott. We've got to make a couple of quick uh, declarations. Really? One, I was down at the Double View Bowling Club on Saturday afternoon, and a uh, young bloke behind the bar yes. uh, just came up and said uh, he listens to the Shelter Footycast. So nice that, to have him on board. So that's still at the top of your media list of achievements. Yeah, no, they still think years. that's the only thing I've done in my life, so it's good. <laughs> but no, that is, uh, what I'm finding is young blokes. Uh, just uh, gathering around and having a listen, which is fantastic. The other one is a, a declaration that I'm a bit embarrassed about because this time last week you put out the call for corporate tickets to the Scorchers. Uh, it has to be uh, catered for private box. We got them. Well, well, I certainly didn't get them. I didn't go. <laughs> I got a call at midday on Saturday from uh, a mate of mine uh, who just happens to work for Channel 7. And this said, is the first time uh, Dan and I are both hearing this, by the way. No, no, this is that's what I'm saying. And... I then said, have you got a, a, another ticket because I was trying to look after you? He said, no. I said, okay, well, I'll just go myself. <laughs> so I went to the box. Did you? And I, You're fucking kidding me. I only got the call at 12 o'clock. So hang, I, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> I did ask him. All right. So we, so we were texting about this yeah, yeah, all over week. the weekend because this email came through, Skeet. And we haven't discussed this, so I'm very fucking pissed <laughs> off at the moment. Hi, Scoey. Right, this came into our emails. I watched your Shelter Sportscast, uh, Shelter Footy Cast, I will grab that. Uh, thank you very much. Daryl, um, episode on YouTube. And whilst I can't offer you a VIP yes, ticket, yep. Daryl said, I am a Wacker member with a guest card, and my mate just pulled out um, to come into the, um, to the semi final with me. So. If you fancy, you can join me and my two other mates. We're all in our late 30s, in the members' enclosure. I'd like to add um, that two of us are Eagles fans, myself included, and one is a Collingwood fan, if that adds to the fun. Let me know if you're interested. <laughs> Ideally, I would, like to, you to know, uh, I would like to know by tomorrow morning. So no invite for Mark Reddings. And I said to Daryl, I'm sorry, mate. If it can't be both of us, it's going to be none at all. That's that's what that's literally what I said. And you have, <laughs> just, I haven't torched you. I haven't torched you. You've no, you haven't torched me. You've put a flamethrower to my skull. That's no, you've, no, you've, no, you've, no, that's. No, I think that's. And let's be honest. The your reply to me when we talked, you talked about that is the only way 
I'm going to the cricket is corporate food, drinks, all paid for. So I thought, well, yeah, it was it was unfortunate. Anyway, it's a good day though, ladies and gentlemen. Mark Redding, <laughs> can, I, can I just jump in here as well? Um, so this is probably to both of you. First of all, Skeet, you were trying to get one more ticket for Scoey. What am I? I was, well, I couldn't get couldn't three get people two. in a box when I was a last minute invite myself. Yes. Um, so therefore. I thought Scoey's probably still hung over and drunk from the, the Thursday night yeah, shenanigans. Dad's dead to me, apparently. So, um, so do I need to make an apology as well? Yeah, thanks. You also was just trying to get one more ticket for Scoey. Yeah. yeah, well... Uh, this show wouldn't go to air if it wasn't for me. Just that so is correct. Know. How about to fix it all and say, we do have a grand final here next weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Right? Yeah, well... And so we got close to getting tickets to the, uh, the qualifier... Maybe we can go one step more. Maybe we can get the three Shelter Footy cast members in a VIP box... For the final. I did catch a train home, if it, if it makes people feel that I was a bit elitist. I did catch a train back to the city before I went to the shoe. So um. <laughs> I was going to say that's very close to the shoe. I hope they were serving shelters in there, Skeeter. Yes. Let's get into a bit of it. Let's start with the Scorchers, where Skeet just uh, had his caviar and champagne up in the box. Uh, the Scorchers. They win again. They make, I think there's six grand final potentially. Oh, so this, I, freakish performance. And look, they, they're, they're fielding had some couple of great moments, but also some, some sloppy fielding as well. But uh, chasing 150-odd, always a bit tricky because, you know, Sydney's a good side. But we were three for 20, or thereabouts, and thought, here's trouble. But Ashton Turner, Cam Bancroft played beautifully. Um, there's a lot of disbelief in this team. Yeah. And, and I have to say, even just watching Steve Smith play, the bounce in Perth for, the, for the, a lot of the Sydney-based batsmen, too much. They, a bit like us when we go to Sydney – playing the spin that's associated with the SCG. And they, they took two spinners to Optus Stadium, which didn't work. It's a pace deck, primarily. When Steve Smith was dropped uh, a lower amount um, by your man, Hardy. Yep, um, yep. He dropped him. He'd just taken a ripping catch. Yes. Dropped it up. So I thought that we could be all over here because this was in the first innings. Mm. Steve Smith usually makes you pay, but they were lucky to get him out again. Um, this happened in the grand final last year, I think. Um, Scorchers were three for absolutely nothing, and yeah. Turner came in and turned the game around, if you don't mind. Uh, Turner turned it. And, like, uh, what I love watching, you know I'm not the world's biggest no, no. cricket fan, but um, Turner and Bancroft between the wickets. Like, yeah, there, good. There, there seems like a lot of space in a T20 game, and... They just played smart cricket there for a while, and they started teeing off eventually. Yeah, but five or six overs, you're right. They just consolidated five, six and over. I mean, luckily they weren't chasing 180, 190, because you can't really afford to do that. But yeah. you're right, it was smart batting, mm. and that's that's what got them across the line. What uh, was the atmosphere like? Was it, did, could you hear outside the glass windows of the VIP? Mate, I, was sitting, I was sitting outside, oh, and it was awesome. a lovely atmosphere, well, particularly with the, you know, the champagne flowing each way. No, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a, mate, 41,000 there. I did check, check in with Mike McKenna, who was uh, not far away, and he said, look, this is, you know, 41, hoping for a little bit more, but they've already sold 34, I think, for this Saturday. With with uh, some tickets held because they don't know who the, the opposition Opponents, is. Opponents, yeah. So it's either going to be Sydney or Brisbane. Sydney could come back. They're playing uh, the next final against the Brisbane Heat, who are on a bit of a roll. They've yeah. been terrific. Thing is, though, Usman Khawaja and Manus Labuschagne, of course, are heading to India. So yes. uh, issues for Brisbane to overcome. Perth, for their part, no Jai Richardson. His hammy hasn't come good. Yep. Uh, he, he won't be playing. Matt Kelly, after that facial injury, is in the mix to return. Um, but Lance Morris, the wild thing, is heading to India as well. So we, we once again have to use our depth. But I'll tell you what, playing in Perth with a bouncy deck, we just we just have this very strong self-belief. And I reckon 
Uh, I reckon they'd like to play Sydney again, to be honest. Steve Smith won't be there either. Yeah, well, Steve Smith won't be there. Would they bring two spinners over? Like you said, like they had a few wickets where they, it almost got too high on the bat. And I'm sounding technical in cricket terms here, so I don't actually know what happened. <laughs> the Scorchers got them all out for about 150 and they chased them down with nine balls to spare. I loved it. It was great to watch um, and uh, put a little bit of money in my betting account as well. Uh, the Australian Open as hey, well. Before so, we do that, yeah. the Allen Border medal's on tonight uh, for men's yes. and women's best cricketer of the year. And... Uh, Look, you think Travis Head, Steve Smith's going to be in the mix, Usman Kawaja for the border medal. There's also a new award, the Shane Warne medal for the best test player for the year. Huh. And uh, Usman Kawaja scored, I think, 1,020 runs at 78. So he's he's probably in pole position to win the inaugural Shane Warne medal. It always feels weird because, um, you know, footy season, the Brownlow is awarded at the end of the season. Yeah. And, and you're like, Look, it's the end of the season, yeah, essentially. I, I, I know, right, but... But they're just about to go to a, a tour in India. Yep. And it, I think for cricket, the seasons just blur. Like, it's very hard for me to go, okay, the last 12 months, who play? Like, I can't even remember what happened. And three forms of the game as no, well. Fair cool. It's It's difficult. Like, but, you, yeah, you're talking but, about Kawhidra. I'm like, oh, I can't even remember him. No, no, you're right. It's, it's difficult to, to remember who, who they played, but they played, I think, 10 test matches. They've got well, India coming up is going to be massive, and it's a good time zone for us and a big challenge. If we can go over there and be competitive and and dare I say it, win the series, that would be extraordinary. Because I think India, irrespective, they've got blokes like Rishant Part who's who's not playing for 12 months. He had a car accident, so he's he's out. But, Did you know, he? Yeah, Coley, just yeah. a genius. They've just got so much depth. And this, they'll, they'll produce pitches that will spin from... Ball number two. It should be good to watch. I do agree. Australian Open. Uh, did you see either, either of those games, Kate? Don't lie. No. I didn't either. Uh, Sabalenka wins. Djokovic wins. Um, we can speak about both of those, I think, in separate fashion, though. Djokovic, best ever? Well, it's a good argument, isn't it? I mean, 22 grand slams equals Rafa. I mean, Rafa was so dominant on clay. Now Novak has won 10, grand, 10 titles at Melbourne Park. Uh, Roger, of course, I think he's... Regarded by many as the goat, just because of his demeanour and I was going to say the way does he personality about... come into it because no, people, some people don't like Djokovic. Well, some people didn't like Bradman when he was playing, but he was still the best. Yes, I mean I don't know. I, I, it's an interesting, it's a good discussion point. At the end of the day, I've got no doubt that Novak will finish of those three as the highest Grand Slam achiever. So will that make him the best of all time? Well, statistically, yes. Yeah. Well, why, why is he dislike so much? I don't. Well, I don't. I, I mean, no, the vaccination thing comes into it. Is he? Is he? But there was. But before that, you know, is he? Is he a prick? I don't know. I don't get it. I don't. I haven't seen him. If you compare Federer and Djokovic when they oh, play, yeah, jo- jo- Federer always came across as this nice guy, and everyone yep. loves him. Djokovic seems more ruthless. I don't hate that about athletes. Yep. I, I don't hate it when someone's got a bit of white line fever, and that's all that is in tennis terms. You know that they, they can't. He can't go and lay a shirt front on someone. No, you know he's he's got to be. Either, you know, um, I don't know, not disrespectful, but find that line between, you know, really pushing it and he, and he you know, speaks back to the crowd a little bit and ha- has all that sort of going on. Press conferences, he's been a bit narky. You've never seen that from Federer. But I, like I said, I, you can't have that white line fever in tennis where you go and lay a big tackle or that, that doesn't exist. So I think that's what it is. Yeah, and it's a bit like going back to the days when Bjorn Borg played John McEnroe and McEnroe was a what? <laughs> I, just, I was not alive then. Sorry. Oh, so, okay. So we'll just forget that there was any history before <laughs> sorry, you were born. Sorry. For that. Oh, sorry. We'll forget. We'll forget that there was any. Nothing happened in sport before Will Schofield was born. <laughs> anyway, John McEnroe. Have you heard of John McEnroe? Yes, I have. Have you yes. heard of John F. Kennedy? He, he was he was around when I was born either. But Thank I've sort scared. of done some research. Um, just, I'll say it in thirty seconds. Bjorn Borg never said a word on court. Right. Just so the, the cool, sweet. Um, then you've got the the likes of McEnroe who went mental. Um, 
but both and people equally like, as entertaining. People didn't like McEnroe, yeah, because he was a brat. He, yeah. he abused umpires. He yes. carried on like a pork chop, but, but he, he sold seats. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, what about the Russian and, and Belarusian side of things? So Bel- uh, Sabalenka. He's Belarusian from Belarus originally, now lives in the States. She was competing under a neutral flag. Um, the discussions come up on the back of that and some of the stuff with Djokovic's father as well around the Russian involvement and Russian support, um, uh, the Olympics, and whether or not athletes should be allowed to compete under a neutral flag in the upcoming Olympics. I, I sit on it. I look at it purely from an athlete's point of view. I think that all that does is punish the athlete. Um, if athletes maybe, I don't know, if, if it makes people feel better, if an athlete could come out and say, look, I don't support what's happening in my country with the government and um, you know their stance on the, the war with Ukraine, if that makes people feel better, then maybe that's a solution. But I still think athletes are athletes. They're not, they're not sitting around plotting the demise of other countries. They're getting in the ice bin and worrying about what their next running session is. I think it's unfair. Day. I'm sort of on the same, same page as you. It's like asking... Um, Nick Kyrgios or Thanasi Kokonakis or even Ash Barty when she was playing Australia Day, January 26th. Should it be that date or do you think there's... I mean, that's, that's, not, that's unfair, I think, given they're, they're tennis players. That's not their job. Go and ask Anthony Albanese, who yeah. can change the date. I think we're putting too much onus on, on athletes to give their opinion. One thing I think will happen next year because um, it, it has been an issue is just ban flags. From from the crowd at right. at Melbourne Park. What's been the issue? What? Well, there's been the, the Russian flags. Right. There was a a flag in the final last night that was uh, apparently highly political and, and right. radical. So yeah, so you want no flags? Well, that solves the issue. I mean, right. how hard is it not to take a flag to a, to a tournament? Um, I don't know. I went to Wimbledon. I took a flag. So I'm not allowed to do that. Well. I don't think it'll be allowed. Isn't this that year. the same sort of argument as like, like I don't, I don't support any anti, you know, I'm, I'm a respectful person. Why can't I take a flag? No, because right, you, because you, it's a penalising the yeah, right. penalising you because the idiots are are going to try and create something. Anyway, I think that's what's going to happen. But uh, Sabalenka, well done to her. She was on the Yarra yesterday with her um her trophy good. and her dress. Just yeah, good on her. She's 24. She she blew through cha- three championship points. Um, got very nervous. First, it's her first grand, grand slam. Got very nervous, but uh, three championship points. And she said, very, very nice interview. She said, I got asked for um, my autograph a year or two ago, or whenever it was. I was embarrassed to give it because I, I thought I haven't won a grand slam. I'm, I'm a nobody, but that, that's wow. nice. Yeah, nice that result. Good. Very good. Mark Reddings, Will Schofield, shout out footy cast. Let's get into what we do well, Skeet. A bit of footy. Uh, the WA teams, Fremantle, they've had some match sim continuing. I, 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 am, I think I'm right. There has never been more interest in match sim and the match scenario. I, th- I think maybe clubs are opening it up a little bit more because you can say what you like, but the coverage over that on socials and in the paper, I, I don't think it's been this, this high ever. And I, I will state again, we are in January still. I know the preseason only has one game, but clubs do match sim like this every single year at this time. But I have not seen coverage like this. I'm not going to go through what Freo did in their match sim no. because I'm telling you, it's a part of training. They're, they're not, they're not, they're not playing games on weekends, so they have to get it into their training. So I think there is a uh, there is far too much being read into what's going on in, in positions. Uh, take it from me, right? I was I was I played f- uh, five. Round ones in my entire career. 14 years, five round ones I was selected. But I played over 200 games. So in January, Scully probably wasn't firing. You can change things around with attitude, with uh, training standards, 
with injury, with consistency, with uh, a whole bunch of things, what you're doing in January does not equate to round one selection, which from what I'm seeing broadly, that's what, like, like I've seen some particular, you know, talking about team, you know, I've never seen teams train better and people train better and attitudes doing this and January won't do anything. I'm, I'm guaranteeing you, it doesn't matter what you're doing in January. It, it actually doesn't. It does not. Mate, the next month, talking about footy, for me, is almost a waste of time, unless there's a major injury. <laughs> Welcome no, to the shelter footy cars. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm talking about, yeah, the not- nuts and bolts. I mean, really, this is the hardest part of the year to, to try, because you're right, every club's flying. I mean, we've just been told David King said Melbourne he hasn't seen a club go as well as, as they are at this time In of year. the history of the AFL. No, it's just, I don't know. It's What I will, I, I will just... Tweak it slightly, boys. There, there, there are stories and there are interesting points right. and there are things going on, but if Fife kicks two goals at training, I, I'm telling you right now, every single training session he's doing goal kicking. Yeah. Every, like If we report on stats from training, it's, it just it doesn't work that, that way. That being said, like, there's a couple of interesting uh, storylines yeah. at, at Fremantle. Sam Stubbs um, plays for Perth in the Waffle, kicked right, three so goals that, in, a, in a sim match, but he's trying to get onto the list alongside, I think it's Liam Sarong, who's brother of... Caleb. Right. And so there's a bit of a battle there. And Sam's got an interesting story. He's indigenous. Um, I think he's got to get himself a bit fitter, but he's become actually a TikTok star over the past uh, couple of years. I see you now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I played with Stubbsy's brother at Peel. I think. Oh, really? Stubbsy's brother followed him over from the. Is he from the Gold Coast by chance? Don't know. So but he's a TikTok star. Yeah. A little bit like you. 100,000 followers. And wow, he does a, more a lot. Of, but a lot of it is written all serious just about his culture, etc. So uh, keep an eye for Sam Stubbs. Hopefully he gets a gig. If not, comes back to Perth and plays some good footy. We're talking about TikTok, did we, did we get a shelter summer of sour review from you? No, because I haven't drunk that yet. I was going to do it on Saturday afternoon, but I, I will be more than happy to do it this week. Just reminding you, it is shelter's summer of sour, and we're challenging you to challenge your beers and how you drink them, skate. So clearly, you haven't challenged yourself on the weekend. You've just gone the stock standards, haven't you? No, I started off with, I uh, actually had some champagne, had some wine, finished up with a bit of ginger beer in the corporate <laughs> box, and then um, it went downhill from there. <laughs> right. So if you do want to get involved with the Shelter Summer of, sh- of Sour, first of all, bloody hard competition name to say if you're doing a podcast. There's a great competition, um, a great prize pool over at the uh, Shelter uh, Footy Cast, not the Shelter Footy Cast, over at the Shelter website, uh, shelterbrewing.com.au. You can jump on there. You can win a Victor lawnmower. You can win 600 bucks of exclusive escapes. Uh, you can uh, win beer. You can win merch. You, we, we should throw in something from the Shelter Footy Cast. I don't know. Come, come and... Come to the come to the grand final with Skeeter and Scoey. What for or AFL? No, I was thinking of the oh, this, this, grand final. This oh weekend. yeah, come come with us, preferably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or we or we could do we could do grand final tickets. Yeah, we got to work work on that. Okay, very good. Um, I just want to uh, just work that in nicely. Now West Coast, uh, they've been playing match sim as well. I'm not going to go into that. No. Um, seen something from Jaden Hunt talk about. His comparisons between the West Coast side this preseason to the mentality of the Melbourne side in 2019. Now, if you remember back that far, 2018, Melbourne played in the prelim. Um, Got absolutely smashed by yeah, your mob. But, yeah, they did. But but their season was you know reaching a real crescendo by that stage. They'd sort of worked their way into finals, finished in the bottom four of the eight, uh, made their way through to a prelim and built on this really hard, contested brand of footy. 2019, they had a lot of expectations. Okay, one more, get to the grand final, and they 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 capitulated mm. basically. They they went downhill. I think they missed finals. I'm almost certain they yes. missed finals. So 
that following pre-season, um, Jaden Hunt thinks that that mentality that that group had drove them to that premiership in 2020. Yeah, that 2020 premiership, which was here in Optus. No, it wasn't. It was in Queensland. 2021. 2021, yeah. No, but I'm trying to think. Yes. Yeah, they, it all blurs, yes. to be yes. fair. Yes. Um, I wonder how, yeah, look, that's it's interesting, isn't it? And has got a lot of comparisons between West Coast and Melbourne, he thinks. And yeah, he would, well, he would know he's better been, than you and I. He's he? been there, done it. So potentially, I, I think there's there's a, a fair bit of difference with the the age of the group. The list profile? The list profile, yeah. So I think there's probably a, a difference there. But Yeah, if you, I mean, if you look at Melbourne, three, you know, 2021, the start of 2021, is, is Oliver and Petrarca... I feel like both of those players were guns, but they weren't con- the consistent guns. No, but they were young compared to... Okay, yeah. tell us the, the young okay. midfielder so that's, that's coming a, through. If that's a, if that's a yo, and sh- yo and shoe. If, shoe three yeah. or four years extra onto that. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. Yeah, I, I still think potentially um, mindset beats talent and list profile. Mm. Uh, I've spoken about that a little bit on this show. I think... Yes, they're different profiles, but if you can get the mentality right, and he spoke a lot about proving people wrong, and that's when people play their best footy. And is I, that seriously proving I, people wrong? I agree. Yeah, I, I spent my mate, I, my, genuinely my whole career. Was so with, with like a dare I say it, like a chip on your shoulder? In, 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 uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and it's flowed into media. Seriously, like, um, like before I got drafted, no, and people didn't think I was going to get drafted, and then I got drafted, and I was like, hey, how about sucking those ones? Or well, even before that, like. Like state selection sides, leaving me out. Well, okay, I'll go and show you, and then I'll play well, and then get drafted, get drafted, and you play some games, and you start getting dropped, and it's like, okay, I'm going to prove that coach wrong. Or they pick someone in front of you, and you're like, oh, I'm going to prove that I'm better than that person. So that was, that was fuel for you throughout your Absolutely. whole career? Absolutely. And then towards the back end, it's like you start seeing stuff in the media. Okay, I'm going to prove you wrong. Absolutely. But what happens when you see... And they, uh, this is what I, I'll take you exception have to be with. Self, you have to be self-driven. Yeah, obviously. But I see footballers get upset when there's a bad article. That's a negative article, which I get. Hmm. But I reckon over the journey, most footballers get 80% po- yeah. positive. Yeah, I, uh, oh, I thought you were about to, yeah. No, no, I agree. I mean, a lot, lot of it's positive. So what do you do with that? Do you ignore that or do you take that on board? Because you're saying you were fueled by the negativity or, or maybe the the fact that people didn't rate you highly enough. What happened when someone gave you a rap in the media? How did you take that on board? Or did you just try and... No, I think sometimes if you, you know, if, if I was following it too hard and you, you got a bit of a rap, sometimes it can be negative for you. Like really? You, yeah, it can get to your head a little bit. Yeah, I, th- I think I can be honest and say that. So if you, if you get tyres pumped up, either individually as a team, and, and they tell, tell you how good you're going, you can, you can definitely see that. So, Simo, just, I know we're veering yeah. away a bit, but you know, we're talking about... Correct. Did you think that Simo, when it came to positive press or negative press that he was um he'd shy away from the positive stuff or he'd embrace the negative yeah. stuff to use his that, that's old school coaching simo's simo's media tactics if you just look at those um positive he was don't let it get to your head and, and you gotta remember he's come from dennis pagan alistair yep. clarkson um pretty dour pretty, sort of yeah discipline. there's probably a couple of others in there as well that are just you know that's that's where he's cut his teeth as yep. a coach um, and then the negative stuff. He was happy to show us a negative article or two. Uh, uh, but they all are coaches, let's be honest. Yeah, Mel Brown, and again, you weren't born when he was probably coaching in the Waffle, but they put the, 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 the newspaper articles in the change room. Now, surely that didn't happen with you. Not change rooms, but I definitely saw at least once or twice in my career under Simo some sort of reference to media in a pre-game meeting. Really? Simo used to... It was, it was a really good game day coach. He used to come up with something different every single game. As a theme? As a theme. And sometimes it would be 
something that had happened to his kid at school. You know, um, uh, one that springs to my head, um, there was a fight at school and um, Owen, um, Simo's uh, boy's name, wasn't sure whether they'd go into the fight or his mate was in the fight and, you know, did he stay out or however the story developed, he'd then bring it back to footy and like, you know, if the fight's on, you've got to help, help your mate. So or something he like was that. engaging you. Yeah, yeah. And, and you've got to do that at footy level. So mm. sometimes it was media. You yeah. know, Mark Rennings has said that you're not going to win today. So there's a reason. Like you, you got to, you have to, especially when you're going well, winning sometimes isn't enough, especially for a really competitive Even group. self-motivation, because people say, how come as professional athletes, this is the question. Of course you have self-motivation. That's mm. how you're there. And that's yeah. why you're in the industry. But you still, that, that, and those little things don't give you a reason to win. Like that, you don't, if, if say it was, again, Mark Rennie's poor article and we win, that's not why we won. But it might just give you a half a percent, which mm. is all it takes in that, that that side of things. You know, clubs and players, they're all good players. Like, it's its the mentality and how you motivate people. And Simo was a very good motivator. And I also noticed, and coaches in the old days used to maybe give their, their players a rev up. And, and you might remember this, Malcolm Blight gave David Pittman an absolute spray going back. <laughs> pitiful Pittman, pitiful, Exactly. Um, but Simo seems like the, the new school coach where you, you protect your players publicly. Yeah. And, of course, if you need to give them a, yeah, a whack, oh yeah, you do it behind oh, closed doors. Yeah, correct. Um, very much a pro player in, in the media. But, like, I, I, you couldn't last as an AFL coach if you weren't whacking your players behind players. Like, yeah. At stages, it requires a... Tough love. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you can't you can't just love everybody and everyone loves everyone else and it's all good and happy. You know, even, even a premiership year, you would have had days oh, yeah. where there were, were, were really, you know, Simo's, moments where you... Simo's a scary bear, mate. <laughs> really? He used to get the qui- yeah, quiver going, Simo. He's, yeah, you'd feel scared, yeah, frightened. And you, But like, again, that's a motivator. It's like, I don't want to let I don't want to let this man down who's my boss. And, you know, some people look at him as a father figure. It wasn't me, but some, some people yep. would look at the coach like that. You don't want to let the coach down. So if they get angry at you... Yeah, that's how you, it's another motivator. Like, mm. it, it's all it's all about that. Um, I, I like the little uh, tangent we went on there. No, very, well, yeah, to be honest, that's what people want to hear. And yeah. you, your experiences, and for me, you know, we can talk pre-season, Puparama for as long as you want. But that's that's the sort of stuff I, I'm fascinated as an outsider to hear what what makes a player tick. It's why you've got to take everything you hear in the media with a grain of salt because you just you know, Simo in the media is not Simo no. as a coach, just as Alistair Clarkson. Just as all the greats, they're the, they're the same. Long, you think John Longmire would be, you know, like he, I've I've seen him. You know, you can see him covering his mouth, <laughs> like going off his absolute nut. And in the media, he's just the calmest, coolest guy. So it's why you can't take too much out of anything you see in the media, including you and I. But it's good to get a little bit of insight, isn't it? Yeah, a bit of humor, a bit of entertainment yeah, as well. Uh, you are on the shoulder footy cast with Mark Rennings, Will Schofield. Let's take a little break. Yes, very good. Uh, what about the Wildcats? Where are they? Are they are they okay? Are they yeah, fifth. Now I did. You know, I know you keep harping back to the, the the calls I made, but you've got to you know go out in a limb occasion. I said they couldn't win the title, and I stand by that. You're a man of your word, or not? No, definitely. So I'm right. to keep going back on your word. They beat not? Illawarra. They beat up Illawarra on Friday, who were no good. Yes. Uh, Bryce Cotton, by the way, who's just been nominated again for the MVP of the NBL. I think um, chasing either his. Fifth MVP or thereabouts, but he's just been extraordinary. So, so how's that work? They nominate three. So, um, Cooks from Sydney and Creek from South East Melbourne. The other two nominations. They got yeah, three nominations. Cook was outstanding yesterday, uh, by the way, against the Phoenix. I think a, a triple double or a double double, triple double. Yep. So he was terrific. Cotton outstanding, but also uh, young Travis 
Luke Travis yep. has been nominated Travis, for the yeah. Development Player. Next Generation Award. Next Generation, should I say. Yes, so we know that's a given he's a talent. But let's be honest, we think 14 and 12, fifth on the ladder. We've got Cairns, Sydney to come with the top two teams. Right. We're no guarantee to make the, the playoffs. We should. We need to win probably one of those, I would have thought. Um, okay. Yeah, there's a bit of work to be done. And again, our defence is not being... That great, and that's you know that's going to be an issue, I think, come playoff time. Very good. Uh, the Perth Glory, a quick whip around there. They had a draw, two-two against the Wellington Phoenix. A couple of goals to David Williams. Yeah, David Williams, Still a brace for him. No, no tagging, of course, with yes. that quad injury. So that's not a bad result for the boys. They were two 0 down. So yeah, that's, to come back, that's on the the, the longest leg in the history. Yeah, they had to go over to New Zealand. Now I'm not yeah. sure if they were affected by the weather over on that side because there was a fair bit of flooding over in Auckland, but certainly where they were, not sure how it was, but that's a, that's a decent result for the boys. So they're fit. I spoke to, to Corny, uh, and he said, look, they're fit, they're, they're going well. Um, they just need a bit of that quality in attack in, in their forward third, and they're, they're a team that's on the rise. So I think, I think Glory supporters will be pretty happy. Macedonia Park, I think they've got another three or four games there. So, I mean, they're, they're certainly going a lot better than they were at the start of the season. Now, again, they've had absolutely zero luck the last three years when it comes to travelling, being in hubs because of COVID. Yeah. And this season, when Seiji, just trying to get the team up and running again, has got, um, I think it's HBF Park, down the old, yep. uh, unavailable because of redevelopments. And then, I mean, arguably their best player, Fornaroli, leaves at the start of this yeah, year. Yeah, but he... Yeah, I know he's fallen off the perch, but he's still a highly... He's still a good player for Yeah, I mean, Diego Castro was the guy that drove them yeah. for the past five years. But, but you're right, they, they needed they needed tag it in, and, you know, for, for what they've got, they're young, they're fit. Um, to all, I think they'll take that on the road. Now, I want to get back into the AFL. I know we just jumped out, but just wanted to cover off on those two Perth sides. New AFL rules have come out. It's some adjudications, should I say. They're not particularly new rules. It's just the way they're being adjudicated. We love more umpire adjudications bringing, bring, being brought into the game. That is with the highest degree of sarcasm that I can ever say, Skeet. Do you want me to give you the three and we can go through them? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Players will no longer be awarded a 50-metre penalty by fooling an opponent with a fake handball. So you know the one that the player's told to stand on the mark and they give the fake. They fake. step. 50-metre penalty because you're not allowed to move an inch. Good call. I, That's good. Yeah, I agree. Right? Good call. And it's easy to adjudicate. Yeah. Because if you give the handball, it's not a fake. If you don't give it, it's a fake. So that should allow players on the mark to not be stuffed around by some shitty little rule that was only brought in last is that, year. Is that rule actually... It was designed to what? increase, obviously, ball movement and also, I'm presuming, scoring. Right. So this will bring us into the next adjudication part, which... Yeah, we need to speak about why that rule was brought in. Right, The stand rule was brought in to quicken up the game because what was happening before that was the player on the mark was was acting as like, uh, you know, they were stepping back a little, they were able to move left and right and they were slowing the game down. So as soon as someone took a mark as the man on the mark, and we train this at West Coast and every team would train this, you just get yourself in line with the player and the ball. You can move left and right on the mark and you're just trying to slow them down so your defence behind you can get set. With the stand on the rule mark is brought in, so you get told to stand. The man on the mark gets a bit of leeway where he runs, and it opens up the ground, and and it it's in, meant to increase um, you know flow of play and scoring. So I, I debate that. Well, I'd like to see the numbers. I did some work on radio with with Carl, and, and we we worked it. I think Brad Scott was we were interviewing him, and the numbers for for scoring I don't think have been. Going right, because, north to because like, why? Skeeter, 
every rule that's ever bought in, do you think that the AFL clubs sit around and go, oh, here's the new rules, we'll just play by those? No, they exploit them. Absolutely. I remember numerous meetings with the umpires, no matter what the rule was. Um, Simo, again, oh, this is a bit of a Simo episode, but like, I thought he was a great coach. He would encourage, he would, he would say, all right, boys, talk to, talk to each other for three minutes, come up with ways you can exploit this rule, and then talk to the umpires and see if you can do it. So he would, like, openly say, okay, the stand rule, how can you exploit it? So what has happened is, this is with the next adjudication change, clubs have now started pulling players off that mark. So they pull them back 10 metres outside the zone. Then they can move. And then they can do what they were doing. Now, you're giving up the 10 metres, but you're still involved in the defence, right? You're not just a stunned mullet on the mark. So the AFL doesn't like that because they want to increase the speed of the game. So they've now said players will be forced to make an immediate decision as as to who stands the mark inside the protected area. A player having conceded a free kick or lost a marking contest must now immediately leave the protected area or stand the mark. They can't hedge their bets, go to the mark, pull back off. Although I like the reasoning, um, so a player can no longer track backwards having initially like, shaped to stand the mark. So they showed a, um, a Darcy Moore example. Uh, there was a mark, he came up to the mark and then realised, oh shit, I've got to get back. Then he came back, that'll be a 50 now. Although I like the reasoning, now I like the reasoning, it's too hard to adjudicate. Play, play Umpires don't know what players are thinking. There's too much going There's on. There's too much going on. And, and Scoey, <laughs> you talk about that, that the Darcy Moore incident where a 50-metre penalty, I, I just, does it fit the crime? No. So that's my issue. Correct. I don't mind. If you're going to bring that in, fine. I don't want another rule change, but it, it was 15 metres going back in the 80s. 25, 50 metres is a big give up in, in field. I agree, and I'm on, I'm on your side with this, but the argument would be... The fifty meters will then free the game up again. And you remember, with the fifty meter penalties, it's not here's the mark, come fifty meters, and then stand the mark. It's fifty meters. No one can get within five or ten, 10 meters of you. Everyone has to clear out, and you can kick it whenever you like. It, it's pretty much you got fifty meters to eyes up. Do, do you realize this? Do you realize that's the rule? Like you can you can kick it after ten meters. You got someone out the back, you just kick it. That they bought that in a couple of years mm-hmm. ago. And again, that was something we trained at West Coast, and other teams will train. It's meant to free the fifty meter penalty. Now is less about you know going fifty meters forward to play, and it's more clear everyone out, get the game going forward, and that player with the ball can kick it whenever they like. So that that's what they're trying to do with fifty meter penalties now. Less about the meterage from the, where it was. What I question is also with four umpires in play in this season and moving forward is, and, and I've spoken a bit to Dean Margets about this is. Uh, our umpire is going to be more engaged in, in the game and feel Will Schofield as a fourth umpire and there's three others out there. You've given a smaller number of free kicks. Is there an obligation to, to, to make those sort of calls, be more proactive and, and blow the whistle? Not necessarily just about these new rules, but yeah, I, I, there's a bit of confusion. And you know what? Let's be honest. But most footy fans will be confused by some of this. Absolutely. Uh, what, if you want to take something out of it, um, basically... The AFL wants to quicken the game up and they want that to result in scoring more. AFL teams want to slow the game down so they can defend yeah. and t- the opposition team can score less. That, that, that is why every rule change creates confusion because AFL teams don't sit around going, all right, sounds good, AFL, we'll just slow the, you know, we're, we're just going to let a free-flowing game. Some have tried. Like I think Essendon are like, all right, let's just, you know, do, do a, let's just do a shootout. 
It doesn't doesn't work. No. Good teams don't allow the other team to score. That's Geelong. You just look at the best side, Sydney. You know they have good defence. And Fremantle's defence, yeah, another great example. And they're very good at their their. And West, West Coast couldn't stop the opposition from scoring. So good teams try to slow the the game down to yep. stop scoring, and the AFL don't want that. That's the thing to take out of it, and that's why it's a shit show because you got two <laughs> you got the two two bodies in the game wanting the opposite thing. Um, that's pretty much it from the Shelter Footycast today, Skeeter. I want to award one thing before we go: the Shelter XBA X Factor. I'm going to give it to. We're going to get out of footy land. Got a big uh, grand file coming up, so we have to save these till afterwards. At Ashton Turner, my man. Ashton Turner. Oh, my man. <laughs> oh, he is now. Absolutely. Ashton Turner. Um, 85? 75? Yeah, best ever in the Big Bash. He was terrific. He was unreal. We'll give him a shelter XPA slab. Um, he's the X Factor this week. If we do get corporate tickets uh, during the week, I can promise you we'll, we'll share the love around. Dan, Skate, Scowie, get us in a box for the grand final. Shelter Footycast on Instagram. <laughs> Give us an email. Send us those tickets. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au. You can follow us on Instagram. Watch us on YouTube. Listen to us a podcast. See you in the box, Skater. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com.